0: five we're back guys all right episode five we have a big one for you guys everybody out there all the champions listening everybody on youtube feel free to make comments we're we're reading we're following along uh we're, we're talking to the community we're talking about champions ascension we're talking about prime minds and like i said we're back with episode five there's a lot of things to cover today um first of all i know everybody knows i know why everybody is tuning in we have Ice Toad joining us a little bit later today. Um, and it's, it's so funny because when we got together, me and, and, and the fellas that are on the Prime Minds, we were kind of like, hey, we're going to start, you know, something just talking, something that's going to be fun, kick back, talk a little shit, talk a little bit of shit, and just build together and talk about Champions Ascension as a fun thing. Who would have thought five episodes in, we have the man himself, Ice Toad, joining us here in a few minutes. But Prime Minds, yeah. Let's talk about that. You know, I'm proud of us. We're five episodes in. How are you guys feeling about the podcast and, and you know, what we're doing so far? Um, by the dip, how you feeling? We he's feeling
1: he, very bullish, definitely. Ah, yeah, <laughs> he's <laughs> muted. <laughs> yeah, what happened? Let's <laughs> go somewhere
2: else. Hey. <laughs> so right is, here. My, my bad. I was talking on mute, but... Um... Yeah, I'm very here. bullish on this, guys. Like I said, uh, we did uh, get some a uh, little bit of alpha dropped and, and, and some info on the game and how the progression is going. My Look,
0: trust, how we feeling? Look, we can get into that, man. How's everybody mm-hmm. feeling about what we're doing in this podcast? And, and you guys go around. I gotta uh, pull up, pull up our notes again. But feel, how we feeling about our podcast? What we're doing?
2: Love it, man. It's a it's a great passion and. Uh, I'm bullish on our future.
3: Yeah, this is Bunzaka, and uh, yeah, I'm feeling great about it. It's a lot of fun, and it's been really enjoyable chatting with the uh, Champions Ascension uh, employees and, and getting all the information about the game.
4: Good morning. This is V to G. I am. I'm stoked, man. Uh, we actually got. A, I know we're going to talk about it a little bit more, but we got a little bit of love in a recent uh, Medium article. So that felt good. Felt nice to be, um, you know, acknowledged for the work we're putting in. Uh, we're not doing it for acknowledgement. We're doing it uh, just for the fun of it. But um, it's cool to see that that love coming from the community and from the developers. So stoked. V
1: over here, and I'm just you know bullish every day, bro. I've- on uh, full on DJM, but I always find to, seem to find my way back to Champions Ascension and this part po- this podcast definitely has kept my interest peaked and you know keeps me going. And I know I hope uh there's other community members out there that look forward to hearing us on the weekend because I know I look forward to talking with you you gentlemen and you know talking champions Ascension when we get the chance. Uh, give
0: me one sec, guys. You guys hear me okay right now?
1: You're good, man.
0: Yeah, you're on. Right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know what? We also, like, yeah, they, they gave us a mention. They gave us a shout out, which, which, you know, we're very grateful for. And we we have a Twitter page going. So, people listening, the Twitter page, uh, Prime Minds Pod, everyone that follows us on Prime Minds Pod on Twitter, Eternal Follows Eternal, that will definitely follow you guys back. Um, so you know what, a lot has been happening, uh, we get, it looks like we got a little bit of an alpha drop yesterday and I know a lot of us were waiting for something, right, for some word from the devs, see where this project is going. Um, I've been bullish since the start. Uh, I still am. I understand that sometimes things do take time, but of course we, we want to hear from the devs and we want to hear uh, where the progress is. Um, what do you guys think about the alpha drop that we got yesterday? I think there is some sort of uh, adjustment in, in the timeline or the roadmap. And, again, there was a little article on uh, on Medium just kind of addressing uh, what the progresses look like. What you guys thinking?
1: I think hey. it's a step in the right direction. I mean, the Web3 community is supposed to be all about interaction with the end user, right? So, for us, the more news that we get, the more it's going to continue to feel like it's developing from a Web2 gaming company into something more that uh, I think all of us who are kind of in the NFT space are used to seeing. So that's, that's uh, got me bullish on the fact that they're starting to come around to the Web3 mindset. Um, even if it's bad news, you know what I mean? It, with It's better to know what's going on uh, than not.
3: Yeah. I wanted to speak to that as well. I think um, history in the gaming industry usually silent like no news is good is good news where i think in the nft space and in web3 uh no news is bad news and i think that people need to start rethinking the way that that they're marketing the project and including the community uh with more transparency And so i think that the they're on a good Uh path for that Yeah, you know,
0: that's, it seems like that's a a part of the, you know, and part of the new Web3 industry, especially when there's a company that's, you know, doing things a little bit differently. There, of course, there's some learning curves, right? It's like, uh, how do you uh, address and approach uh, the Web3 space? Um, You know, who else? What else you guys got? What do you you think about the alpha drop yesterday and, and where we're at, where we're headed?
2: We got some really good insight. This is by the dip, by the way, um, and we got some good insight from Zero Cool, man. Like you know, he says one of the uh, the greatest challenges was regulatory compliance, right, uh, with in game economy and everything. So from what this is, is, they tackled that first. Where a lot of the projects sometimes they'll leave that to the end. So I'm really glad that they got over this hill, which it seems like they did, and it makes everything probably going to go that much smoother and faster as well.
4: Right. And I just I mean I, I guess just to echo a lot of the the sentiment, like I, I love oh sorry, this is V G, by the way. Um I love, you know, what, what what Dip just brought up there, you know, that Zero Cool did bring that up. Um, you know, in the real world, I work for a large organization. And I know that there's often times where you just can't share information. Legally you're not able to, but I think and again to Bonzaga's point, Jam City's really gonna need to figure out how they how they balance those two things, um, because, uh, like, frankly, this is not going to work if the community is not involved, right? So, hopefully, this is just that one big first big hurdle that they need to get over. And now that we're over that hurdle, everything we can kind of just go back to, you know, everybody's just vibing in the Discord because um, the 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 vibe in the Discord has not been super great lately, um, and and that does reflect our community sentiment about uh, the way we're feeling about this project. Mm-hmm.
0: I like a happy community, man. I mean, the, the fact that there's Web3 and, and the community is is such a, a big part of it. That's what makes a game like this, right? Um, that's what makes Web3 in general so powerful and, and bringing people together. And that's a big reason why I'm here, right? A lot of us put some some ETH up, and we talk about that a lot. It's an, you know, no, can't say it's an investment, right? But it's th- th- there's some of that, right? We put some money up. We want to see, see what that looks like. We want it to work out for everybody. Uh, we all want to make it. Um, but I love the community that we're building. Uh, I love doing this podcast. Um, last week, we had on the, uh, the guilds and talked about how they're building community in the guilds and making those relationships. I, that's the beautiful part about Web3, man. It's bringing everybody closer. Look, right now, I'm over here, Eastern Time Zone, talking to my homies out in the West Coast in the Mountain Time. Um, the gentleman we're bringing on today, I think he's uh, Columbia. Am I correct? Right. Uh, Sorry, yeah. Bogota, Columbia, Columbia? Yeah. Uh, yeah and then we got um, devs all over the world. Go ahead.
4: Sorry about that, Dip. My uh, uh, King Dab, my apologies. Um, I did just mm-hmm. want to, beforehand, I did want to say uh, this podcast is not financial advice and it is purely for educational purposes. There you go. We going to put wait, that what, in the What am I doing I here then?
5: I, I just came here for financial
0: advice. Iceland is in. My man, look, hey, I want to boys. Give a proper intro. What's up, man? Look, this What's is Ice Toad, the man with all the magic. He's the bringer of the sneak peeks into this game and <laughs> one of the, the pioneers in the Web3 gaming. Look, if it wasn't for this gentleman here and the team, we wouldn't have this community that we were just talking about. Uh, we wouldn't be doing this. If we did this podcast, we wouldn't have shit to talk about. So thanks for what you do. Uh, from what I understand, Vice President, uh, Studio General Manager at Jam City Bogota. Yep, Ice told ladies yeah. and gentlemen, how you doing, man?
5: Hey, man, what's up? I'm I'm, I'm doing fantastic. I'm I'm really uh, honored and humbled to be here with you guys. I, I I honestly think that our community is 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 what makes this product project special. It's what keeps us going. It's it's our gasoline. So so being in the middle of it, it, it feels magical. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, we we're just talking about the international aspect, and it's so you know, it's a little bit on that. It's like you're. You're, of course, in Colombia, right? And I was trying to get my facts straight. Is that where you're I am, located?
5: I am, I am in beautiful Bogota, Colombia.
0: Oh, man. I'd I, I love to see what it looks like there. I've never been. And then some of your colleagues are in Toronto, Canada. Correct.
5: And others are in L.A. And others are in San Francisco. How does that people... So the community?
0: Yeah, the community is, is global and the devs are global. I yeah. think that's a beautiful part of this whole thing, right? But how does that look like when you, when you work with folks from, from around the globe? Like, how do you work well, together on this project? Well,
5: frac- fr- frankly, it was one of the things that, that 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 really enticed us about joining Jam City back in the day. When 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 we joined Jam City, part of of, of the things that really felt very interesting to us, uh, w- uh, because look, the indie life is very different from from you know the corporate life. When you when you join a big company such as ours with with uh, you know fifteen hundred employees or whatever um things things do change um and and one of the things that we knew were going to change for the better was the fact that we would have um you know like access and connection to this pretty much global community of game developers and people that are excited about games and and uh, that has been that that has been pretty much part of the story of us within the company now when we started working on on Champions Ascension, and and this and this was pretty much born as a multi-studio project, um, it 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 was definitely, I think I think I think it was definitely one of the things that that excited us uh, uh, from the get-go. Uh, when we looked at at how each studio w- w- was bringing like its its greatest strengths, it was sort of like building. I'm going to give you guys a lot of references to soccer because I'm Colombian, okay? So it Fine. was it was <laughs> it was like building, uh, a, you know, a soccer team with the right player in the middle, the right forward, the right goalie, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the thing is that, uh, believe it or not, you those cultural differences that each studio has actually. If 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 this all the studios are collaborating towards the 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 same goal, all those little cultural differences actually add flavor to the project. I've I've always been a big believer in that. Like cultural differences just makes it stronger. I mean, Colombia is a culturally you know we're 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 very culturally mixed. Uh, We have a lot of influence from Europe. We have a lot of influence from the U.S. We have a lot of influence from our own you know indigenous roots. And I've I've always believed that that uh, makes you stronger as a creative. And I've always also believed that. Uh, that always trickles down into your product, even if you're not consciously aiming uh, to do that. And yeah. and when you and so when you mix all that, like, um, yeah, like like um, cultural and, and uh, cultural and originality from each of the studios, you have what you guys are starting to see um, come together in Champions.
0: Yeah, that's that's a beautiful thing, and I, I agree with you. And I think we all do. It's like that's a big strength to this project. So yeah. I'm I'm happy that's the case. And you talked a little bit of, a little bit about the uh, indie game, independent. So uh, I know that you developed a game and, and started working with uh, Jam City, uh, things like that. But talk about you know what you did in career to, to get to that point of developing a game, and then how you were brought into Jam City, and and, and what that um, you know what that journey kind of kind of looked
5: like. Sure. So I was born in 19. 19- no, I'll go fast.
1: <laughs>
5: so I'll, I'll i'll actually i'll keep so I, I i had my start in in the creative business in advertising for quite a while I, I worked uh almost uh almost a decade in advertising in different usually in digital advertising um and uh back in 2010 i um i ended up founding uh brains which was a, which is a Colombian video game studio with with my partner uh, alejo, who you you some of you might have seen around in some AMAs and in some of the conversations that we've had around champions yeah. um, he um, he, and I, he and I you know lo- seeing the potential of of the mobile space uh, and seeing the potential that it brought in like democratizing the access to the publishing business uh, we thought that that could you know, open the door for countries like ours to actually create good content and be competitive. Because before that, I mean, one, one of the cool things that the mobile revolution did was before that you, you you could only pretty much work in a AAA studio or work with a AAA studio and 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 have a sustainable business. Of course, you had, you know, indie companies here and there, but um, but, but it was too risky, especially in a country like ours, where we didn't have a lot of track record. Um, in building games, right? I've, I've, I've always given the example that deciding to make games in Colombia was like trying to make tequila in Iceland. It was like, you know, no track record, you know, no, no, no production pipeline established. Uh, the government had no idea what we were doing. Like, how do we support you? Um, and so, the, 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 but we did see the opportunity on, on mobile. Uh, but we were always gamers, gamers at heart. So our... our our line was always we we always uh, built games that were geared towards like the mid-core audience, right? Um, j- just because of the of the use case of the phone, we we never tried to build uh, a game that was that that required too many hours to into in, to become good at it. We we were always looking at like walking that fine line between like uh, depth and and accessibility. And we yeah we worked with with many companies. We released our own games. we we. we Got recognition. Like we, we had a couple of games that were best of the year in Apple, in Latam, and and uh, we even worldwide. World War Doe was best of 2017, if I recall correctly. One world World War Doe was uh, best in show back in uh, the Casual Connect uh, for the Indie Prize was was the best game in the show. We've worked with companies such as square enix uh we've worked with companies in korea we've worked in companies in germany i think that's also as as you can see there's like this repeating story of we we really enjoy working with with uh, with teams outside of 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 our country and and like collaborating with 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 multicultural teams mm-hmm. and uh we in the last decade we built a, a lot of experience uh walking that line in mid core and 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 exploring how that and and free to play and uh you know came together. And um World War Wardo was the product that, that brought both Gem City and, and, and Brains our our old studio together. And we felt that it was a very good opportunity to, you know, to, to collaborate uh, and, and and to yeah, mm-hmm. build, build a, nice. a long lasting relationship and yeah, the rest is history pretty much.
0: And you so you were in uh, digital advertising and gaming or did you learn gaming no. and
5: developing or
0: mm-hmm, Ex- later on or much, how
5: that Pretty, pretty much. That's a, that's that's a pretty good question. When when you are in digital advertising, I mean, I I, I actually became a creative director at the, com- at the the advertising company that I was in, and then I became like the the it was called the, uh, the chief strategic officer, and and then it, b- back then, you had a lot of, of opportunities of doing advert gaming, uh, whenever it made sense sense for the uh for the company to do so, right? So for example, mm-hmm. PepsiCo uh, was frito Lay was one of our clients and we we did we did some uh advert games for Chester cheetah, I remember for Cheetos, and you know that story repeated across all the other products where we creating certain for, forms of, of digital engagement made sense uh just beyond just, you know adwords or whatever and and that was um I, I of course as a gamer, I always took the opportunity to to whenever it made sense to double into adver gaming and and that's how I started getting a lot of my uh initial experience in in game design uh, i my experience in creativity but i i had i had pretty much always worked on the creative space i have i i i wrote and published two novels uh before that and wow. and so i had um i had yeah i i mean creativity and and had always been sort of like one of the purposes of my life uh but gaming was my love, right? So, so it was the I I I always felt the, the urge to see how how I could get close to the world of gaming and advertising. Uh, allowed me to dabble into a lot of that, and that's actually how I met Alejo. Uh, Alejo had Alejo is a genius, by the way. I'm just going to say this out straight. He's he's probably one of the persons that uh, I've always known that have been most connected with, like the. With like the development space, but he, he's the kind of guy that will, that is like always on the edge of technology. You know what I mean? Like, he, but, but he does that naturally. Have you ever met those people that are like super effortlessly in the know-how of what is the latest feature in Unity, for example? And you're like, dude, when do you read that? When do you know that? And so, uh, yeah, he's got, some he sharp, a,
0: sharp yes. people, sharp minds. Yes. Yes. And, and you sound like one cool. too. So you made, you made the, uh, the first company with Alejo then. Is that you guys yeah. partnered up and okay he continue yeah just follow yeah along. no
5: and 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 so he and, and he he was always and so he actually had this company before that uh, where, where, where we worked together i actually uh, he i i actually worked with him in in a lot of advertising campaigns etc because he was the, the my go to guy whenever we wanted to do something in the in the in the agency that was like that everyone in the agency told you that was too hard to do like yeah you can't do that with facebook or no you can't do that type of game or no you can't do that thing and um i always like picked up the phone and asked alejo can this be done and and he told me yes it's hard but it can be done (laughs) and i love working with people that that have that type of answers uh usually um and that when it's impossible you you believe them right because because if they if alejo says that can't be done then you know, it can't be done right now, mm-hmm. at least. Not, hu- humans have not developed that technology so far, and, right. and so, uh, so when, when when we started thinking about when, when we saw the opportunity of the mobile space, and we started thinking about that, he told me, I think we should create a, a gaming company. Are you, you know, are you willing to live your advertising life? And I said. Are we, are we allowed to curse on this podcast? Yes, please. Yes, of okay, course. Then we're talking. Fuck, it's just me and you. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. <laughs> now, let's do it. Fuck yes. Yeah. Let's do it, yes. please. And we, yeah, we, 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 we got back, back then, like in 2010, 2011, we, there were only, I don't know, four gaming companies in Colombia. There was one that was very well established, and, and we're actually very good friends with, with like all the gaming uh, studios in Colombia. Uh, I, I, the like the Colombian ecosystem of video game development, I think, is very healthy because it it, it spawned from like what we call co-op addition. Everyone is helping out everyone. Everyone is sharing has always been like sharing contacts and sharing opportunities. Everyone's rooting for for everyone. Uh, how do you guys say like all all tides lift all boats, something like that? That rising that's sort tide, of rising yeah, tides yeah, rising tide lift all boats. boats. Exactly. That's yeah, good. that's that's, that's sort of how we approach the space here in, in Colombia on the, the game development environment and uh, you know barring some some very punctual exceptions it has always been like that
0: yeah wow that's amazing so it sounds like just uh some a couple of talented guys got together uh did some great things things that people said that were not possible and you're exactly right sometimes experts just tell you what's not possible but you got to think outside the box and, and think more towards the future to like to see what is possible and work towards it and that's like i think we had a big question too it's like and i'm curious Looking at a company like Jam City that's established, right, um, they're in Web 2, very successful with the mobile gamings, a lot of downloads, over a billion downloads. And then yep. they're looking forward still. And I'm wondering how that, how that process came about where it's like, oh, there's something new happening, guys. It's, like, it's Web 3. There's NFT gaming. There's something brand new on the horizon. Uh, let's go out there. Let's be the pioneers of this space, too. How did that come about with Jam City? Like, what 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 made the company come around to uh, thinking about doing Champions Ascension and venturing into the uh, NFT gaming space?
5: So I I I think you 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 have to remember that our, our you know our 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 founders both both Abra and, and Chris and um you know have were, 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 well they were one of the they were the founders of MySpace. So these guys sort of have always had their pulse on what you know what is coming next uh, and i think they understand mm-hmm. um, they like like the, the, they're really good at reading opportunities uh so and and again and 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 josh uh coming from his like entertainment background i know, like i i think they, they 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 can tell when when something is for real for sure mm-hmm. and um if you if you add that to 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 the, I, I cannot say enough about how much of a legend this man is, but Johnny uh our, our senior VP of Creative uh and, yeah. and Game Design he's a... Uh, yeah, he's he's he, 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 he I think like when when they got together and they, they definitely saw the opportunity and, and Johnny started pushing on that. I think I remember he called me Probably, yeah. I, I mean, I mean but more than a year ago, and, and told me this is this is a great opportunity. I think we're going to push this forward. Wow. Um, I'll, I'll I'll circle back in a bit, <laughs> but this is huge. This is going to be huge, and uh, he was not wrong. He was wow. Wrong. More than a year so, ago, most most people didn't hear about NFTs. But go so, ahead. Yeah, he was already he had he already has his had his ear on the ground. Yeah,
2: for sure. So, a quick question on um. Growing up in Colombia, and I see that you said it was very hard to get in the gaming industry. Can you kind of um, elaborate on some of some of that, and let us know, like, what are some of the challenges um, when you were getting into the gaming, uh, living in Colombia?
5: Well, first, first of all, costs of execution, right? Back back then, as, as I said, even if you were an indie studio, um, there. Well, first of all, one thing is access. If you're living in Colombia, you're 10, 20, 15 years ago you're completely disconnected from any opportunity of you know jo- going to any uh, to GDC or to Gamescom or to any you know PAX or whatever and so unless you spend money and and a lot of people don't have you, you, the amount of money that is necess- required to fly to San Francisco and stay a week there in a hotel that you know are usually are usually costly and so even even from like the access to the to the community and to the to the publishers that's 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 hard but also back then the, the the budget of pretty much every game was in the millions of dollars and that's something that you you, you couldn't get uh, funded for here in Colombia the VC space was also very was was nascent which was pretty much uh, non-existent uh, we were lucky enough to, to to join forces with a VC fund here in Colombia called promotora uh which which saw the opportunity of you know of video games and and the mobile space. So there were there were actually many factors and of course you had back then um there wasn't a lot of um like the development uh content uh and development structure here in Colombia. Now that 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 has changed, there's a lot of universities that are looking at, you know, development and and game design and and gaming in general as a venue, even esports as a venue for 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 education. But Fifteen years ago, that was not that was non-existent. So it it, it really posed a challenge because we we pretty much had to um, become the university and become the the that that become merge with the with, with the education system and and try to. I think that's also one of the reasons why everyone was sort of like rowing towards the same goal in the different studios because we all benefited from. Uh, making sure that the people that started working in the industry were as proficient as possible, learned as fast as possible, got all the knowledge that they, that they could get. So there were many challenges, to be frank.
0: I can imagine. Uh, I sold it. So you're a gamer, advertiser, creative mind. Uh, early on, what, what type of games did you like to play? Oh, and what games kind of inspired you to, to get into, into gaming?
5: I'm going to date myself. But... Um, <laughs> So I guess, I mean, I guess the, I think the first game that really made an impression on me, really made an impression on me, was Final Fantasy 1, the NES uh, game. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because it was the first game that I played that really exposed me to narrative and gaming. And that's always something that's been dear to my heart. I mean narrative. I, th- I think I, I don't think all games need a story, but I do think all games have narrative. But I, 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 and just to, to give you an example, I think Tetris has its own thing going on with the narrative and the tetrominos and even the music and how it, you know, it, it, it uh, yeah, every, every, every shape has its role, etc. So you have like context, uh, but but you, you'll but but I personally have always loved uh, narrative and lore. And Final Fantasy One was one of the first games that connected me to that, and then you had the beautiful, gorgeous explosion of adventure games back in the 90s from Sierra and LucasArts. So you had King's Quest, Quest for Glory, which was Hero's Quest at first, um, Cold Name Iceman, um, Man, uh, I remember Curse kid, of uh, Monkey King's Island. King was, so, how, did, I mean, and all like. Eight of them were great. I think I played up until the eighth. That was by 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 Roberto and um, by Roberta and uh, William, the Williams couple. I just forgot their their names. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I forget. But they
1: actually got to come out with a new one. Too. Exactly.
5: I was going to mention that they're working on a new one, which I will for, certainly play. Um, so so all those adventure games back in the nineties: uh, Full Throttle, Day of the Tentacle. Um, Yeah, all all those games were, were like, huge influences for me. I loved playing those games. Uh, And then, uh, as as, I don't know if some of you guys might remember, but then CDs came out and you started getting a little bit more... A lot of these games started worrying a little bit more about, like, the visuals and technology more than the gameplay and the story itself so you had some good ones i think phantasmagoria was good i think uh the gabriel knight um the werewolf within was also pretty good which was like a follow-up to great gabriel knights of the fathers that's also a fantastic saga but then it sort of like started getting weaker and weaker um like in the late 90s but lo and behold you had this small company that was starting to make very good shit well not small company. uh, not so known back in the early '90s uh, that was blizzard, right and then I started playing Warcraft, and I just never came back uh, I played starcraft i was I was i was I was, uh, I was young and i was I, I, I like to say and I like to believe that I was pretty good so I, I played starcraft competitively I played Warcraft three competitively I was actually Number twenty in US East at some point in solo, and I was number one in US East at some point in two v two. I we, oh, we actually played. I played human with with my with my friend. We actually played human. Both we both played human. I remember that perfectly. Um, and uh, that's yeah. As as a human, a human two v two, we got we got to the number one position. Sadly, esports were not a big thing back then. Or well, yeah, you had PTL and you had the MDL. But I don't remember if MDL was there. But, but nevertheless, you had you, you did have like the, the starting uh, part uh, elements of esports, but you couldn't live from mousepads and headphones, right? Um, just by winning mousepads and headphones. So I never took that as a very serious venue. And then in 2004, November, you get World of Warcraft, and uh, then I just play World of Warcraft nonstop. <laughs> For about two years, uh, and by nonstop I mean I stopped doing everything. Like I, I didn't work. I just played World of Warcraft for like that, two years.
0: That was research, man, for what's going Daniel, on right uh, now, uh, right?
5: Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I actually joined. I actually, jo- I actually had. I was very fortunate to become friends with um, um, Scott Kurtz, who is, is is um he 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 draws PvP online. He's, he's a webcomic artist, and uh, we actually created a guild. On the Horde side, that had uh, uh, a running animosity with <laughs> friendly, uh, friendly animosity with uh, with uh, the packs, uh, with the Penny Arcade Guild that was on the same server, uh, and we were like rival guilds. So I got to meet uh, uh, Mike and Jerry Hawkins back in the first game, uh, BlizzCon. Um, it was, it was that, that were, those were like the golden years of of War- World of Warcraft, and I played a lot of World of Warcraft back then. I still do, uh, frankly, uh, but that's another topic for later probably for, another, for some of the other questions because World of Warcraft has had a very interesting journey, in my opinion, not always the best one and not always the worst one, uh, but it's something that you, you learn a lot uh, b- by playing a game for 18 years and seeing how it evolves uh, through time. Um, so, yeah, that's, and of course, I played many, many other games of oh, Mass Effect. I love Mass Effect. I'm a huge Mass yeah. Effect fan. Banzaga,
0: the prime one of the prime minds, Gonzaga knows a lot about game developing and fighting. Uh, Banzaga, any anything about uh, the games, uh, the actual gameplay? Questions for?
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. I was curious uh, what's the vision you all have for this game at Jam City? I think the, the the high level
5: game vision and we what communicate to everyone is is that we're building a theme park, uh with with um with the main attraction. You know, when you go to Disneyland and you see the the castle, that castle, the big Disney. I call it the Mickey Mouse Castle to my tell my daughter that's Mickey Mouse Castle. I know Mickey Mouse yeah. doesn't live there, although he should because it's the biggest structure there. But um, right. it's so you see the castle that's that, you know. What's our main attraction? And our main attraction is the Colosseum Eternal, our, our battle. So we're building a theme park where the main attraction is the Colosseum. And everything that you do in that theme park is enhanced by you know, going every now and then and taking part of the battles uh, that uh, happen in the Colosseum. That's, that's the, the high level game vision. And so everyone, mm-hmm. all of you, your, your Prime Eternals are you know, your, your tickets to a lot of these different attractions. Uh, and that's, you know, and we plan to give utility to all the tokens that we create through all these different attractions and through the, the battle itself that 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 takes place in the combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, awesome. and we're super excited for that. Go
0: ahead, Gonzaga. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah. I was, um, you know, speaking of combat, uh, Mr. Messina mentioned you were adding a combat design veteran to your team. I was wondering if that had happened yet and if you could uh, tell us more about that.
5: I do and I actually can dox him because I have his uh his permission I have his blessing. So we oh, we we some alpha yeah. alpha
0: alert okay.
5: <laughs> we're here for it. Yeah, you guys here are going got. to let to to know him better because we're 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 planning on doing a that diary uh with with him. His name is Chris Tremell. He's a legend, to be frank. He's um uh, he is I would say I don't want to use the word grandfather of combat, of like this type of combat, because I don't, he's not that old. Uh, but he's, he he, 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 I don't know if, you, any, if you, any, any of you guys ever played uh, the Lord of the Ring games back in the early 2000s, like the yes. Towers and the sequels. Okay, he, he created those games. He is a game designer that, that was responsible along with another uh, game designer for, for designing those games. He was responsible for, for designing the combat. On those games, I play those games, which for me is absolutely insane. That I get to work alongside the guy that you know imagined and built and, and, and uh, was responsible for, for the inception of some of my favorite games back in the day. Um, he's worked on many other games, but but I mentioned the Lord of the Rings once before because a lot of the games that we currently play today. Even champions are heavily influenced by the combat systems that he designed back then. I can mm-hmm. say that like like with absolute confidence. I know that a lot of the game systems, a lot of the combat systems that a lot of the most popular games that exist out there are still, you know, still leverage on a lot of the things that he came back, uh the of the ideas that he came up with back in the day. And so um we I, I can now tell everyone that Chris Tremel has joined. And he actually has, has been a part of our team for the last month or so. Has joined wow. our team as, uh, as, part of, uh, as lead designer on the, on the combat itself. And it has been, uh, I'm going to swear again, fucking magical. Man, <laughs> nice.
0: that's, that's, I'm glad you guys have that sort of, you know, uh, it sounds like there's just a lot of talented, bright people working the dev. So look, much respect to all of that. Uh, when it comes to like, some of this, uh, I, I'm curious about this. I think a lot of us are. Um, and it's such being such a new space, like making, making, and designing the um, the characteristics and the prime eternals themselves. Can you just give us some insight into that process? Right, uh, designing the actual twelve different families, the twelve different characters. It looks like there's half half male, half female, coming up with the different characteristics, and then even like the ran- randomly generating or randomly assigning the different characteristics to the different primes.
3: What is yeah, that process? And rendering part? it all, and <laughs> rendering the whole like thing. That, that whole process. Those high, those high resolution um, movies and gifs must have taken forever for seven thousand or you know ten thousand potential. Yeah,
5: yeah. yeah. It, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this would have not have happened. This, this, uh, uh, the magic behind that is an engine that we built called we call it the Vac, the Visually Awesome Champions, which is currently in its second iteration. Now we're working on the Vac two and uh, that vac was. I'm going. I'm going. It, it was pretty much a brainchild of Alejo. Um, and how I, I w- w- when we first started talking about the, the, about this project, I, the, and, and 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 one one thing that I want to be very clear: the hard part when I talk about anything that involves champion is that I don't want to leave anyone outside of, you know, or not give people that deserve credit the right credit because. Everything that I will talk to you about has had a lot of people involved. So even even the the visuals of the champions have had people like uh, like Tom and uh, uh, you know like uh, Grumman and and other people involved in in you know just helping us figure out how many parts, what makes sense because um, it's really challenging to create this level of quality while at the same time creating the level of variety that we require for NFT for the NFT space, right? So. I, I, I just say that because there's a lot of people involved in the process, but but the back of the engine that creates this, uh, we sat down with Alejo once. We had like the information of how many champions we were aiming for, uh, what the math behind it would make make sense, right? Like how, like the math behind the parts. Like that Alejo and I didn't come up with that math. As I said, there's a team of very capable people working on the on the mathematics and and all the good numbers behind that. And we we had already we already had a. Had experience in building games that uh, created not in the NFT space, but like in the free to play free to play space that created uh, camp that created uh, characters that were you know that that were different based on the the that looked visually different based on the different attributes that you could could add to them, and we had had successes and failures in the, the past based on that, and so we we just we just sat down together and figured out how we could break down the champions' visuals in parts that could be both functional but also visually distinct. And then he sat down with, the, with, with our development team and our tech artists and built this pretty much engine that is responsible of putting together the parts based on the mathematics that are given to us. So we, we have an engine that can read math, create champions, and render them in real time on the fly so we had we have like these champions are not like drawn by hand they're they're created procedurally uh which of course was a requirement because we know that we're going to need to create new champions in the future as players you know breed them or whatever you want to call that process right mm-hmm. and um and then the cool part though is that we are now not only able to create those champions uh for the visual nfts but that engine also is responsible for bringing those champions into the game client. So you nice. can tell the engine, hey guys, what's champion 1000, you know, how does champion 1344 look like? And the engine goes, it's, it's this gal, it's a sadari with arcane wings, a, a death Sedari with arcane wings, she looks like this. And, and then the engine, the, in, in our case Unity, which is, uh, you know, the Unity client can just bring it in and Lo and behold, there she is! And what's even more cool, and, and that's why I I, I use the word genius when I mention Alejo, is that it can actually give you the that character in different resolutions. So oh nice! And but so so it actually ca- it actually shifts like the, the poly count. Exactly, exactly. It has LOD, and, and so you, can, you 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 can have champions with um, I don't know um, sixty five thousand tri- uh, triangles. And then you can have champions that still look the part with six thousand triangles, and and uh, we're all and, and this. The reason why we're doing this already is that we're already thinking about accessibility and and you know, perhaps uh, you know other other avenues in the future.
1: So th- that getting it ready for mobile gaming, pretty much then.
5: We're we're. I mean, I, I don't want to. I, what, one philosophy that we have is we only want to talk about what we've already built, not. I don't, I don't want to promise anything in the future, right now, but we have the ability to have champions that would be performant on, on all different pra- platforms, in, including mobile. That's, that's something that we're already
3: looking at. Oh. Yeah, speaking of the different parts, I was curious. Um, there's been some questions I've seen on the Discord about how the different parts will come into play when with combat. Like, can you use your claws to you know, annihilate someone, or do you, are you limited to the weapons? That's that's the that's a fantastic question, and that's currently uh, the
5: um, the big thing that we're we're solving on on the combat side. So, what we want players, we want champions to use their claws and their wings and their and their and their fangs, etc., in the combat. Like we want those to be meaningful. Uh, that has uh, a cost, of course, in production because you have to do animations for for all of that and we're looking at how to solve that in a smart way because we our, our, our goal right now is to make sure that players have a good payoff between the makeup of the of the champion and how that champion behaves in battle so that two different makeups actually feel different but at the same time you also want them to be standardized enough so that when you get a new champion you don't have to relearn the game you know what i mean so there's this very fine line that we're that we're treading where we we are looking into creating functionality for each of the parts so that when you attack with a clause, you actually use the clause. Uh and at the same time have the ability to have like some basic attacks with the weapons for the for each of the characters. And as you guys have already know, we have certain weapons that are going to be usable by certain uh families and 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 so that all that combined together will make for a, a like a very unique experience with each of the champion families and each of the parts in, in a really sense
0: I'm gonna speculate a little bit here does, does that kind of mean that the claws or uh, the fangs is, is in a sense kind of a
5: free weapon? Can you think of it in that way so, sort of or like more like a spell but more like a power right mm-hmm. more like a more, more like a power so Let's say if your champion has Arcane Wings, right? Let's say you have a Keymaster with a one-handed sword and shield, which is what, 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 what her starting weapon set is, and she has wings, right? What we're, what we're uh, currently solving for is if she, if she ha- uses her Wing Attack, let's say, she activates it somehow, the Wing Attack. I don't want to go into that detail, but let's say she activates her Wing Attack. Mm-hmm. She will. She will actually do a wing attack animation. Maybe she jumps into the air and falls onto the ground because she has the wings, and then the effect is an arcane effect. So maybe she does pushback of all the enemies around her or the enemy around her, uh, because her 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 wings are arcane, and and so mm-hmm. it it works more like a spell in that sense than a weapon. But for example, if she had claws, then. She could probably, and, and that's one of the things that we're currently solving for, like what do we do with the weapon? Does she hold that in one hand? Like that, that's why I, I, I still say this is undefined, but she would probably, we would probably want her to use her weapon, her, her claws to slash the enemy.
4: Icedoad, just to follow up on that, is that, because I know there's been a lot of conversation about divinity and purity, and in particular, you know, if having a, a fully pure, uh, champion is a good thing so is that is that a way that um you know there had been some conversation about having a mixed purity champion might actually be better because we have this you know the, the uh you know circle of life if you will where life defeats death death defeats arcane arcane defeats life so if you have a mixed purity does that give you potentially does that give you an advantage in battle where if you do have a death you know death champion and you're fighting a life champion but you have some life parts that might actually help to defend you against that just you know rock paper scissors like matchup
5: that i think that's the beauty of how the system is being built it's that it has a lot of depth for theory crafting and so you definitely and it's pretty much in the length that you just mentioned you, you you know purity will definitely bring um bring some some um advantages the same way that Divine parts will also bring some advantages, but you also having played that rock-paper-scissors mechanic between the different houses uh, and different advantages. But you don't. You, but but think of this: you don't. You don't only have that rock-paper-scissor advantage just on like the math level. But like if you're thinking plainly on a spreadsheet or on a calculator, there's 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 already that depth between that that goes to what you're saying. Perhaps, perhaps for this specific fight, because of my enemy is. Is of the essence. Uh, it's of X essence. I might benefit from not being fully pure, but having claws that actually defeat that essence. For example, because that because I'm really good at executing the claw attack, or whatever, or maybe my claw attack is very powerful. For but but if you can also add the the uh, a little bit of more uh, of a harder to gauge. I would say uh, component, which is the, the, what, what does that? Uh, um, what is the power of that claw specifically? Right. Maybe it heals, right? Or maybe it, it, it does uh, damage over time or maybe it, it, it stuns the opponent or whatever. And so it, it, you, 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 you have to get your head out of the spreadsheet itself and there will be certain, um, certain setups of champions and parts that are going to feel very cool even outside of the regular rotation of, you know, of, 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 even outside of the regular um, mathematics that you will find on the
2: spreadsheet. So I to yeah, real... oh go ahead oh
3: no I'm just imagining kind of uh, that setup where you have a weapon and then you, I can imagine in a certain slots or something where you can put your uh, your claw ability or your like your what is it your family ability and you can maybe pick from the different purity uh, pieces that you've got. And yeah, it just sounds kind of cool, like like your G ability, strategic, like on, like, on, uh, like at a, uh, sorry, what's it called, the uh, mobile, like a MOBA, where you have like your your regular abilities, and then you have your like passive class ability. Maybe it would go into a slot like that.
5: I'm um, I'm not going to confirm or deny anything because we're actually still exploring what's the best way to execute that. So right right now we have. We have a, I think we have a very fun and solid uh, core battle with weapons. Uh, I, there will actually be a leak on Thursday uh, around that, showing you, showing the community a little bit of the progress that's been done with that. If whenever you guys look at at, at some of these, uh, so uh, at the game genre that we're doing, which is arena fighter, at least for the one for for the one one experience that we're building along with Chris. Um, uh, you you will you will see that there are many nuances on making that right, which is one of the fantastic things that Chris has brought into the project. So things like block cancelling and hit passing and pushback and block stun and 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 all those small nuances are are all required to create a very very rewarding fighting experience. And I we have that already with the weapons. Nice. And uh, the next step for us is figuring out how the parts. Are you know how the parts come into play, and everything's still on the table. Uh, but what I do, what what I do want to reiterate is that our our, our guiding light on that is we we want to make sure that um, players do feel that the parts that they that their champion has uh, are making a difference, and that the 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 play style of your champion of a champion changes depending on the parts that they have. Pretty much, does that make sense, guys?
2: Yeah. Totally. Awesome. they will be strategic. Going into the, the fight mechanics we've been talking about, um, just real quick, Ice Toad, um, eSports has been mentioned in several times in multiple AMAs. What is your outlook on the eSports leagues out there, and how do you see CA fitting into this area of gaming?
5: This is my personal take on eSports, frankly. I think, um, I think eSports is one of those things that you can't force. I think esports. You you can't go out with a game and say okay now this is esports. Uh, I've seen that I've seen compa- big companies like ours try that in the past and fail. Yeah. The game the game itself has to the game and the gameplay has to make sense for esports. It has to be it not only has to have depth and you know and and allow for skill and for those like holy shit wow moments that you see like in Dota for example. Uh, but it 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 also has to be watchable, viewable. Um, it has to, you know, there's there's so many elements to a game when 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 you're talking about how can this game become esports that I think that it's 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 promising that this will become an esport. is is hard. But that's my my personal take. That said, I, I've been a competitive player all my life, and I would n- love nothing more. Than to see a tournament of champions on Twitch,
3: you yeah, know, like I, a big I have one. That same perspective, like you, you don't make an eSport a game makes it eSport.
5: Exactly, Exactly. The game, the game becomes an eSport, and of course, again, it, it, you know, going back to things like uh, watchability, what, what you, you know, how watchable an eSport team also has to do, or a sport or any activity, pretty much has to do with you know how how easy to understand it is, if. Uh, which is one way, why Dota has always been for me. Uh, I mean, I love watching Dota, but I think Dota has always had to struggle a little bit, and even League of Legends with that glass ceiling of of you know bringing someone from the street and sitting them down and saying, "Watch this. This is fun," and then having to sp- explain a lot of what's going on. Um, and but but that sort of that sort of limitations and that sort those those sort of orange flags or or are things that you. You, as a designer, know, and are things that do come in discussion when you are talking about design, but you're not designing, like, you, you never sit down and go, okay, let's make an eSport. That, that doesn't, that's not the way that works.
4: I stood while so, you're talking about kind of complexity and whatnot, um, is there anything you can tell us? Like, will there be any more essences other than death, life, and arcane? We, yeah,
3: that, it, that's it, a question from uh, one of the viewers. Sorry, one of the viewers in chat was, was oh. asking that. Oh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm not
1: looking
5: at the chat. Hey, shout out to chat. I'm, I'm looking sprite, at this. sprite remix. Oh, sorry, shout out to sprite <laughs> remix
0: for the question. We love the questions. Shout out,
5: shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we do, yeah, we do. I mean, we, 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 in the lore, we do have the seven houses. Uh, we have we, so, so we have the air, earth, water, and fire that still have not joined the fray, and um. And there are there's 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 some lore reasons behind that, and there's some really cool story uh, for those stories uh, for those houses uh, when they will actually become, let's say, active. Uh, and so that, that there is already um, there is already uh, a space for them in the lore uh, for joining for joining the, the what we call the existing houses, which are the and death and
1: and life. So, Ice nice. Toad, you mentioned just a little bit ago uh, Dota for your in esports. Um, I know we heard that you uh, had a kind of um, mentor or someone that you looked up to and it was Ice Frog, who was one of the big, the main developers for Dota Two. Um, can you kind of tell us a little bit more about that? And did you ever get a chance to work with Ice Frog?
5: Oh, I wish. No, I, I, I mean. I have, I, have, I have a list of, of creatives. So I, th- I think that... I'm, I'm going to answer the question in two parts. I think that, um, that... That as creatives, we all have like this creative DNA tree, right? Where, where you have had people that have ine- inevitably uh, affected you as a creative. And so everything that you do and everything that you create has their DNA within it. And I think Ice Frog is one of those... Like like the work that he did with with the original Dota and then with Dota two, um, has has always been part of that creative DNA for me. Uh, especially when I look at like how competitive and how um, yeah like the competitive aspect of some of the of, of some of some of the games, I think he, he has, he's he's done a fantastic work. He's like an admirable designer, and so that's that's why I picked the. The, the nickname I Stode as a sort of final match to that to that work that he's he's done. Nice.
1: Okay. Nice. So if you've if you're using him kind of as like part of your DNA, you like his style of gameplay, is there any specific games that like the community can go out and kind of play now that we can might maybe, maybe get a feel for what Champions Ascension might be like when you guys start releasing it?
5: I mean if if you want to get a feel of the combat, I think I mean monster hunter could be a good example of what we're looking for on that like the, like moment to moment combat there's another game by Ubisoft that's not that well known called for Honor I don't know if you you some of you guys know that that also could be a good could give you guys a good impression of of like the level of quality and the animations and like what we're aiming for so i I'd say those two are uh, at least from the combat side as i said we're 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 right now focused on building that one v one experience with Chris, but that is probably not going to be. Um, as 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 you guys have, might have seen on the Medium article yesterday, uh, there's there's already some some other uh, stuff being built uh, that we will probably talk uh, reveal a little bit later down the road in more detail. Uh, nice. But but uh, the one the the one v one battle probably those two are good references for you to to check out. <laughs>
4: Okay. And, you know, we, we love of, the... Uh...
5: Go, go
0: ahead. we can. Yeah, oh, I was, was going to pivot the, to the Medium article itself. Go,
1: go right on. Yeah, yeah.
0: So uh, yeah, speaking of the... the that, that's a, a wonderful update. And, uh, you know, in the Web3 community, we like the updates. It seems like... I, I'm a little bit new here. A lot of... Well, Web3 community is just new in general. Uh, we love the leaks. We love the updates. Um, you know, but sometimes people in Discord or other folks feel like they're not getting enough of the updates, even though you as the vice president is, is actively in the discord, responding to things, making comments, giving off the leaks. And it seems like there's a, there's a fine line between, you know, deciding what, what information to give, saying too much, and then, you know, not saying enough. And I'm sure that's, that's, that's a tough process. How do you work through that? Or how do you handle what to decide? Uh, how do you handle what information to share and, and, and what to keep and, and what to keep for a surprise later? What is that process like?
5: Yeah, that's 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 a really good question because we are because there's a lot of responsibility because we are a a large company which comes from a lot which has a lot of benefits uh, in you know in the space in regards to like stability and our ability to execute, but it also comes with a lot of responsibilities. Like yeah, right. With great power comes great responsibility, and we have responsibilities on you know thing such basic things as not doxing people that don't want to be doxed. So I—that's I, why I actually had a conversation with Chris. I think yesterday before coming to the to the to the podcast today to make sure that he was okay with me mentioning his name and mentioning mm-hmm. his 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 career in case I I, I was asked that question because I really wanted to tell everyone that he's on board and 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 be as excited as we are uh, on that.
1: Yeah.
5: Uh, but you also have a responsibility on what the project is being built and the timelines and so. <laughs> just to give you a very simple example i don't I, I if i create false expectations regarding a deliverable that, that that a team is working on i'm going to put pressure on that team that they don't deserve and then i'm going to affect not only their work but also their, their quality of life and that's something that we're very mindful about i i don't wow. want people to feel right i don't want people to feel pressure just because i put especially because i'm a vp right and so mm-hmm. wow you no know, this, this i still put something out there and, and so people are now asking for that and people are like, "Yeah, that looks fantastic." When, 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 and and it's like, "Wow!" I yeah. just put pressure. It's, it, it, you know what I mean. It, it 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 might feel like I'm trying to put pressure on some people without without really trying to do that, but just being excited about certain leaks. And so I I, I really do take into account a lot of the times when I'm trying to leak something. Uh, I, I and I I love leaking because I I. I as a game developer, I know how exciting the game development process is, and I want you guys to be part of that and uh, and get excited with us, because I really do get excited every time they send me something or I see a new thing coming out and I'm, wow, you got-. my team is so talented. I want to share this with the world, but at the same time, I also have to be mindful of what type of pressures we put. And I also have to be mindful of what, what kind of things we are saying and communicating. And as I I, I, I might have mentioned this earlier today, but the philosophy that we have as a team is that we don't want to spend too much time on what we're going to do. We want to talk about what we've done and slowly, but surely we're building a lot of the things that we've already done. And that's the leaks are that, right? The leaks are not stuff that it's things that the team has already done. They're completed. You guys can f- download them, see them, uh, you know, listen to them, etc. And so we, we, that's, that's where I, I, I want most of our po- focus to be. But I also don't want to leak things that um, might generate false expectations or might confuse the community. So th- there's definitely uh-huh. a good a process there. And we, we've, um, we've actually connected with, with the marketing team, uh, actually, actually with more than the marketing team, with the marketing team and some of our um, operational VPs to make sure that we're all in sync. Like we're not, we're not telling different stories. We're not, we're not like we're we're all looking to uh, like adding towards the same goal, uh, which is making a fantastic game, pretty much.
0: That's some. That's and I'm glad I have you on because that's some wonderful perspective. That and even us, the prime minds here, we try to think about it from all angles. And then it's like, wow, we can hype things up and get really excited, right? Us as a community, and then even you as a VP, like you said. I don't think anybody really thought about the devs that are actually making those things happen. And when somebody's getting hyped, the other person person might be feeling too much pressure. And for one, I'm glad that there's a company that's really concerned about the well being of their employees. Cause that's at the end of the day, that's just gonna allow you all to work better and give us a good product. So you usually gave me some perspective on that. Although i I think I, myself I'm some of the uh, one of the more patient people in the community. And that's just me, just how I am. But I can see both sides. I can see why some people are impatient, but now that you gave me that perspective, I can see how you can't just leak everything and and and, and build a lot of pressure on, on the team like that. So, yeah. thank you. For I that. mean,
5: I no, no, no problem. I mean, I, I get what people are impatient, and we're, we're 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 very aware that the NFT space moves very fast, and that people are used to you know timelines and deliverables that are much faster than what you are used to in the regular gaming space to be frank that's part of what excites me personally in of the, in the space because i love iterating i see i see game development sort of like a very similar to like uh, you know the 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 scientific method where you have a um, a hypothesis you test it out you try it and, and then you know see if it was correct or not the hypothesis is usually trying to fulfill a certain experience for the player, whether it's, be, it's feeling fun or feeling empowered, competitive, whatever. And I think that this space brings you the opportunity to do that with the players <laughs> themselves and not wait four years to release a game and then cross your fingers. Like You can do that very iteratively. But at mm-hmm. the same time, making games is fucking hard. Don't let right. anyone ever lie to you about that. Like I, uh, that, that, uh, I, uh, I see a lot of projects out in this space we 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 people think that yeah then we'll just build a game even if you have a lot of money it's hard building a game even if you are a very big company it's making a successful game is hard making a game that's engaging finding the fun um you know creating a sustainable economy doing all the things that that um, you know zero and and um the Toronto team do fantastically those things are super hard and they take usually they take time there's some things that you just can't rush uh even if the space demands it and so i think that what we're what we're striving for as a team and as a company is always finding that balance uh of you know being smart and diligent about what the community expects but also making sure that the game that we deliver is actually a good fun game because in the end that's the only thing that's going to matter. In in Three years, two years when the dust has settled, it's only the games the good games that are going to be out there, mm-hmm. not the not, n- not, not the ones that that necessarily move the faster
0: right, you know, and, and I'm thinking a lot of that energy too with folks that are waiting, you know um, are maybe impatient, just a lot of stored up energy. I think that's kind of why we got together with this prime uh, this podcast, with the Prime Minds. It's like you can focus that energy in other ways, right the build community that's part of web three. Um, and, and helping out the project in other ways instead of just, you know, asking for things. Um, and, and we appreciate the shout-out in the last Medium article, right? You gave Prime Minds a shout-out. We weren't expecting that, so we appreciate that. Uh, there's a Codex. There was the art competition and other things. Uh, but there's still a lot of energy out there in the community. Um, do you have anything to say to folks where it's like, you know, how, how can they help the project, either directly or indirectly, like help the project move forward? Is there any other ways that you all are thinking about uh, that the community can get into?
5: I, think, I honestly, I think participate, becoming involved in the other community initiatives is, is 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 the best way that you can help this game grow and and become and and and, and become one of the biggest mm-hmm. IPs in the world. Which is what mm-hmm. I personally, I, I I want this, I want this to become, you know, I want everyone to know that this game exists. I want to, and what, I want this to become huge, and mm-hmm. and I I that's one of the, the things that 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 as I said at the beginning it humbles me the most is seeing the community reaction to what we are building because I'm of the mind that you as an artist do not exist without the audience. And, and uh, I know that there's a lot of even game developers that feel that, you know, you as an artist are like you, you're self validated and artists can exist in almost a vacuum. But I, I I'm, I'm of the mind that anything that you do is, is, is only valid as, as, it, as it reaches as, as it becomes uh, more massive and as it reaches the, mo- the, the the most amount of ice because that's how you actually affect people and actually affect life that's for me is the intention of creating things and so if you if, 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 if you're part of the community right now, help us fulfill that promise by engaging with the efforts that your fellow peers are doing on the community um, write fan fiction draw oh. uh, Talk in Discord. Tell us what's ailing you, uh, yeah. Or 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 read everything. Not everyone has to participate actively, but 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 know that all these different places exist, so that you're also informed about the project. <laughs> and when someone from the outside asks you about it, you can tell them with you know like firsthand information.
1: Right. So speaking I- of information, um, there was a teaser that you gave us, Ice Toad, um, that had to do with a. A few things, you know, like the Aria of Betrayal, um, Lament of Dead, and Melody of the Dawn. Is that something that you might want to share with the community that we have listening right now?
5: (laughs) Oh, that's some cool alpha. I don't know if I should... Okay.
0: Hey, if you can drop off, it's got
5: to be here. It's got to be on my (laughs) mind. Okay, this 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 is still a discussion, so it's not canon. But...
0: We'll take any the, hits.
5: Yeah, but so so you guys you you guys saw the 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 lore drop this week of uh, the book return, right? And so as you can see, their celestials are let's let's call them like spell singers, right? They 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 can use they they they, they, they have realized that the, the the world of the reality they can they can manipulate the notes or the or the 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 strings that compose reality, right? And, and via music and via notes and via um, musical compositions, they, they, they were able to create uh, to alter reality. And that's where the aberrations come from in the, in the story, etc. And so let's just say that the Aeos, uh, before they became undead, pretty much, uh, discovered the music... The, but not the lyrics. And that's what caused their downfall. And they, they still know the music. This is not canon. This is not canon. It's still under discussion. They still know the music, but they, don't, can't sing, they, they can't sing the lyrics. And that's why a lot of their moves in combat have names like that. Those are the names of moves in combat for the A.S.
4: We love it.
3: Oh, that makes yeah. so much oh, the sense. The
4: tune, but not the words. That's fun. That's Ryan. <laughs> That's amazing.
3: <laughs> Man. <laughs> and,
0: and, and you're a creative writer. Too. I just found out you, you're a writer too. So look, I bet you guys are vibing in there and just just making the best possible IP, like you said, and and story and lore, and, and we love all of it.
5: Um, Probably one of is- my favorite ex- professional experiences. Have been working with, with, the, with the people that I work on, working with Ryan is amazing, frankly.
0: Shout out to Ryan. We want to have him out in a couple of weeks, but we'll, we'll follow up. You know, we, we have our sources.
5: You, yeah, you, yeah. He's, he's, he's not just very talented. You, you, usually, you usually have, I, I'm, I usually respect talent independent of the personality. That's just me. So if someone is an asshole, but he's super talented, he gets my respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but I'm fortunate enough that in the team that I work with, everyone's not just super talented, but amazing human beings. I literally, I literally <laughs> sent a text the other day to Ryan that said, like, thank you for existing or something like that because he's, he's that type of person.
0: Wow. Yeah, I think, I think we, we can get even the vibes through the Discord. So, yep, it'll be a pleasure to have him on. So just, just to round this out, man, and, uh, you know, we have one more segment left, so we'd like you to hang out, but we have one more question, too. Um, what, what is it? I mean, we've mentioned a lot of things. The lore the gameplay, the community, probably things we're not even thinking about yet or didn't even discuss in this podcast, in this episode. But what is it? What is it that rises to the top that you're just most bullish about when it comes to this project?
5: I I mean, I, I think that the fact that there's nothing else like what we're doing out there. I mean, we're going to... The, the, the level of quality that we reached and um the 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 level of people that are involved in the project and the support that we have, even starting from like the C level in the company, it is it's it's like we're playing with power to quote uh, an old magazine. Uh, I'm I'm really really excited and 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 just as maybe sometimes the community. I really want to get some of the stuff that we're building out there to everyone's hands hands because because it's really it, it really has such a high level of quality that um it will put a smile in everyone's faces for sure. That's what excites me the most.
3: Can't wait.
0: All right, I told you want to hang around for a few more minutes but we have we Yeah, have yeah, a,
5: to- a totally. I have my tea. I have my cup of tea here. I'm a tea person. I'm not a coffee person. I'm a tea person and so I I have my cup up to here, so I have all the time in the world.
0: Let's hang out, man. I'm, I'm a coffee guy, and I just, I just ran out, but it's okay. So we, we have <laughs> a, a quick sponsor break, and after this sponsor break, we're going to come back with a, our, our primetime segment uh, featuring Ice Toad.
4: Awesome. Primetime is proudly sponsored by Rats Butchery. Messina can be a wild place in the arena and out. Bring all them critters you find to me, and I'll get them primed and ready for a nice meal. You can even have a geckoid kebab on me. Rot's butchery. It ain't Kelvin's, but it'll do. And
0: Messina? And there's gonna be a lot of little businesses coming up—a butcher shop. I think—I uh, don't know. I remember uh, Ryder Ryan joking about some dragon, fried dragon on a stick. We'll, we'll, we'll see if that comes out.
5: <laughs> there's going to be there's going to be a pizzeria. Of, I mean, there has to be. The, uh, we're calling it Slice of Messina, the pizzeria. Right.
0: And then so we have this primetime segment. We're gonna run into our, our, our primetime segment. And this is where we identify a Prime Eternal. We give him a shot, him or her, a chance in the spotlight and, and take a look at its characteristics, its attributes, and, and what it could do in, in Messina, what it might be able to do in the arena. And what we're going to need is a number. I'm wondering, Icedo, we didn't ask you, but are you a Prime holder? Do you intend on playing the
5: game? Um, I, I, I 100% intend on playing the game. I, I don't want to... I, I'm a proud prime holder, but I don't want to showcase any of my primes. I want to give someone else uh um, some
0: time to shine.
5: Some time. What I do, what I will say though, is I'm the, I'm on the lookout for an I've 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 Ooh. been for a while. I'm I'm looking for uh, for AS for my
0: for my collection.
5: My, that's my. <laughs> that's, uh, a, that's all I'm going to say.
0: You know what? Let's. Does the community have one? If not, I have my best one is an Aeos, where it's like, okay, I, I was thinking about arena fighting and I was thinking about you know, which one can probably do the most damage, and okay. I saw a very good deal on a Aels. Guys, you think we could pull mine up? What do you think?
5: Yeah, let's Oh, well, it. The, let's let's pull yours up so I can draw. Look, look, my my the reason yeah. for AOS, let's not let's not say anything crazy here. The reason that the, I I'm looking for an AOS, it's not uh functional. But it's the fact that it, it, she's very close to my heart because the, her face is, uh, is an homage to the Katrina, which, is, which is, was our little way of inserting part of our culture, like, like our Latin American culture, into some of the, uh, of the character design. So uh, and, and she turned out amazing. I mean, she looks badass. But uh, my, my, my reasons are purely visual and nostalgia. I love Not, I, not anything so. else.
0: I think she is wonderful looking, you know, then she scares the shit out of me when she does that yes.
5: screen. <laughs> oh, that's, the, that's this Adari. That's this Adari. Oh, shit. I'm but excited. let's look at this Adari. I love this Adari too.
0: My Adari. Why I, did I think that was let's, Okay. Let's
5: look at this Adari too. I mean, I, I, I think all of our gals, it's funny because when I first started playing MMOs, I only played uh, male characters. And... Um, from like six years until now, I've, I I'm, I I love playing female characters on the, on on MMOs. Uh, so I, I've had that shift, and I, I love uh, I I love our female our female lineup. And I guess I because know. of that, I I am I, I have one daughter and another one on the way. So I'm going I, it's going to be girls only club in my house. <laughs>
0: I love the, I love the woman characters too, man. Even going back to Chun Li. So
3: hey, edit. Here, I have here's a one star. Uh 6758 is a P3 D one AOS. Oof. Where can I where, where can I look at what
5: you guys are looking? Do I just join into the channel or we can give you yeah. the number? Yeah. You can pull it up, yeah. 6758, okay, cool. or you can pull up uh YouTube. Right. The uh, the
0: Prime Viewer app yet?
5: I saw that the Prime Viewer app has some issues on on, on um iOS. On iOS. iOS. What what happened?
3: Uh, I, I tried submitting it for um, beta testing, and they refused it because they, you can't purchase the NFT on the App Store, so they won't let you view it. Mm, okay. So can you, can I, you? I might can, be able to put it on. Can you website. do that on web? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's, that's what, what I was thinking. thinking.
5: Yeah, so we can you, get you can do it a web, on web version of it. Yeah, like I, I, I think that's even more 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 accessible for for people that don't don't have the. Uh, the iOS All right, so let's start
0: with an AOS then. Do we Is that the one we have up? What is what is the number? Six seven five eight. Six seven
5: five eight. All
0: right, let's see. I've seen this one. I, I think I've been looking, or because I see, I just just off the bat, I know she she has the uh, that's the the rare arcane wings. Is that rare? Or is that? Let me see. Three
4: percent rare arcane wings. Three percent. Yeah.
0: Yep. Mm hmm. And I say, so it's Death Essence with the death-matching tail. And just, we, we picked this up, I think, I don't think this is a, an alpha drop, or if you're listening to you, it's like, when the Divine tray is matching the essence, it might give some sort of a power boost in the arena, right? We have Ice total himself here, so he can confirm or deny. Um, and then, uh, even outside the arena, it looks like the purity matching the divinity might give some sort of power boosts. just, you know, around with some mini-games or, or in... Messina, probably things that aren't even developed yet, but it's got that matching
5: part. One divine with,
0: with the, uh, the death essence.
5: She looks amazing. She looks amazing. Her, her, her wings are, are death. What? No, wait. Her wings are. Uh, I think it's arcane, arcane frame. Arcane. Yeah, those the yeah. Arcane. yeah, those are the arcane. Yeah, those are the arcane. Those are the flight frame, I think. Oh, yeah, that, those are the flight frame. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. That
5: looks the a little frame. like the death
0: is that the E? So I'm looking at the YouTube. Usually I pull it up. Is that the uh, – I'm looking at the YouTube track? too.
3: Yeah, so the blue – It's rare. I think Flight, Flight yeah, is blue is rare, rare if rare. I remember.
5: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. pulling all this from memory. <laughs> so I'm sorry <laughs> if I make so many – Yeah, this, this is rare I think. Yeah.
0: Us too. Right. Um,
5: and then so that's, that's –
0: I kind of like, and I don't know. I, I know a lot of people, and and actually, we're just looking at the open sea floor. It's like the more divine matching traits. It's it's kind of going for a higher premium, but I think we discussed a little bit. And here's what I was thinking too: just catching it from some of the AMAs is you can't kind of neglect the traits that aren't matching because it might make a more well-rounded champion. Exactly. Also.
5: Yeah. Exactly. Ex- exactly. That's 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 sort of what I was mentioning when you when you have to take into account like what power is associated with that that part so let's let's just like theorycraft here but um maybe you have a death part that inflicts that inflicts damage over time and then you could have a life part that heals every time you know the enemy takes damage or something like that and so you get a heal over time with that with that, with, that, with that interaction and so you start you start thinking about not just as I said, not just what's on the spreadsheet, but also like on combat functionally, what 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 can happen when you start combining the the you know the the, the what those parts actually do and how they perform. So it, it it will definitely be very interesting. Of course, you know more is more, so more purity is going to be beneficial. Uh, more uh, divine parts are going to be beneficial, uh, but that doesn't mean that they're the that they're a key that opens every lock. You know what I mean?
4: Mm-hmm, hmm right. Sounds Our, like a little uh, vampiric touch and vampiric embrace there.
5: I love, yeah. <laughs> I, those are not spells yet, but yes, <laughs> that's, that's definitely, that's def, yeah. Da, I mean, we are, um, one thing that, that we, we are currently building with the dev team is, is, um, is the, the, like the, the technical uh, stack that allows us to support different effects for or abilities and spells like dashing and you know stunning and uh, vampiric effects, healing, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. All right, yep. So that was. And then, do we have another champion too?
0: We usually do two of them. We can dive into. Yep, number yeah, six, six twenty
3: two.
5: Six twenty two.
0: Number six twenty two for the folks listening, and this gets replayed on the podcast. So, well, I'll do my Ooh, best. Oh, nice. It. A Key Death Keymaster. Key death Keymaster. I love the look of those wings. With and, you know, from the what death I
5: noticed, Yeah. Man, well, yep. Mansion Death Claws. The bo- those are the bone frame wings. That's the ones I got confused of, uh, about. Those are not the actual Death. Those are the bone frame Death wings. The, the, they look amazing.
0: Yeah. So, what is this? We have the uh, uh, Divinity 2. And we she have... seems
5: like 3 Purity, I think. She has 3, Three Purity. Purity. Yeah.
0: Like you said Three Purity. more. More is more, and the war paint is is matching, and then the fang. So then a little bit of uh, you know, diversity there with the divine uh life fangs. But looking at the uh the wings bone frame, so it's it's the epic, and I seen just looking at this, and after a while I realize it's the the epic uh bone frame wings. But then when you go to the divinity, it's, it's the same look of the wings, it just has the divine powers the too. Divi-
5: yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Well, that, the, yeah. the, 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 like the emissive materials is what you would technically, technically call it, or the divine yeah. powers.
0: Yep. Yeah, and I noticed that, like, okay, it's a, a quick way to categorize it. It's, it's going to be mm-hmm. epic, and then the rest of the champions, it's like it'll just, the best it can do after the primes, the best they can do is epic, right? Just, yep. I think that's established. Yep. Nice, nice. And then when it comes so to- So while we they, have- they, they, We'll go ahead.
1: Say, so while we have you here, Ice Toad, uh, this, this Keymaster has divine war paint. Um, can you give us any like alpha on what the war paint's going to be, uh, in relation to the gameplay? Still
5: working on it, so I can't give you any, any alpha, but to the, to the conversation that we had earlier on, on us looking to, looking to, for, looking towards making the parts functional. It's it's possible that the war paints are going to to bring passives into for the champions.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Nice, nice, nice. nice.
0: Anything else about this wonderful Keymaster, guys? What are you thinking? Well, like, I got a quick question. It's like when when we played Street Fighter and things like that, the movements, uh, maybe some of the advantages were, were different, were, were likely. And I know that type of gameplay, we're still we're still we still have to wait for it. But will these different champions? Will some be more agile? Will some have more powerful um, uh, attacks? How, how does that look when it comes to each, each different champion?
5: It's a nice question. That, yeah, that's 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 the direction <laughs> we're looking at for sure. That that okay. is the direction that we're looking at. So that so that again, what 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 we really want to deliver on is is like like two elements, right? The class fantasy. We want you to feel that the Carcadon plays different from the Whisperer, and exactly towards what you just said. What 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 makes the different? The, the, what what makes the difference, right? And of course, it has to be uh, it has to make sense with the with the visuals and even the backstory of the champions, right? The Whisperer is of course less heavy <laughs> than the carcadon. so there's going to be difference in gameplay there. Uh, and then the, and the second part has to do with the with with the functionality of the parts. So so we just need to make sure that when those two come together you still you're still respecting the fantasy of the of the original champion um and we're 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 looking into we're looking into um design concept like family per, perhaps family traits or um or or even you know back to the uh street fighter example um an ultimate a family, perhaps a family ultimate uh, that, that might be affected by the, the, the champion essence. So the, those two are still on the table. And, and that's, th- that, that's literally one of the things that we are going to start uh, prototyping and testing out internally uh, soon.
3: Nice. Yeah, you, you've got to see how it feels. You can't, can't just decide on paper.
5: Yeah, no, exactly. So, so here's, here's one thing, guys, that I have learned over the years. You can design games via spreadsheet, or you can design them iteratively and, being, and, and, try to, and, and going to find the font first. And I've seen games on both ends that are really, really good. But I, I personally believe that designing on a spreadsheet first is riskier because, at least from the philosophy that we have, I think if you find the font, then everything else will fall into place.
0: Right. And I think even, even that whole thing we just covered just now, I think that's why uh, gamers, real gamers, well, I think we're all real gamers. Sometimes I think I am not, I am. Sometimes, sometimes when I compare myself to someone like Bunzaga and everyone else, it's like, oh, maybe I'm not a real gamer. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Bunza- that's why people like Bunzaga has like a whole family. They can choose from 12 because maybe we don't know which ones we want to use till the game comes. So I'm still yeah. aiming for that. Um, Ice Toad. Uh, we've had you for about an hour and a half, man. So we really appreciate it. And, you know, while we had you here, we just had to maybe extend it a little bit. We had a lot to cover. Is there anything else before, before we go? Um, Anything else you want to express to the community? Uh, Any message you want to give to the champions, the prime Eternal holders, Uh, any parting words for us?
5: I actually want to take the time to thank my team and the people that I work with. Because as as I've said, you, you, you know, on these podcasts, you 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 usually will will get um to talk to to some of the leaders of the project uh but there' are so many people involved in, the, in this project making su- such amazing work that makes us look good so that we can come on these podcasts and 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 talk to to the community and i I just want to make sure that everyone listening in that that works with with us knows how much we appreciate the effort and how you know how fantastic your work is because it's, it's got us here and it has such an engaged community. So thank you team. Man, you guys we, rock. we,
0: all of us prime minds. I'm sure like the sentiment is the same, the whole community. Thanks for what you do. I think I said it in the beginning. We wouldn't even have this podcast. We wouldn't have anything to be excited about. We wouldn't have anything to FOMO into all the above. Was it was not for you ice toad and everybody working on this game? I can only imagine how many moving parts, something new, something as big as this, um in this new space it's just it's amazing what you guys are doing so we are glad to be here um and that's it guys we've been an hour and a half not going to keep anybody any longer um we're going to see you next week we have to decide what that show is going to be about we'll, we'll see what developments are coming up and until then you all know prime minds think alike
5: but guys it was it was fantastic
0: there's yeah for sure there-